Well, Dennis Stewart, the uh, topic of the moment is, of course, uh, lockdowns all as a mm. result of mm. COVID. So how has this affected your practice of complementary medicine? Oh, look, it's been a very interesting time, Jane. Um, the demand for information and support from practitioners of complementary medicine has certainly accelerated, particularly during COVID. And I think this shows that the ordinary individual is looking for things uh, that may enhance their ongoing understanding and fight against this wretched virus. Mm. First of all, Dennis, mm. let me say it's wonderful to have you back oh, in the studio. Oh, dear Jane, that's very nice of you to say that. <laughs> and we are looking forward to your uh, answers to well, questions. Health Naturally today on 2NURFM. Dennis Stewart with us, 49216216 to get your question through to Dennis Stewart today. Uh, 17 past 12 it is. Dennis Stewart, so... You've noticed that people have been very interested in their uh, how they can work with COVID situations. Very, very much so, Jane. It's been quite an interesting period of time. Uh, some months ago, um, before we were shut down, so to speak, um, we spoke about the the um, the work by the Australian doctor, uh, Dr. Sandra Cabot, and I mentioned her wonderful book entitled. Corona and other um, dangerous viruses, a recent publication, and I read the book with great interest when it first came out, and I mentioned it on the program and uh, encouraged listeners to get hold of the work. It's a very inexpensive text, but probably one of the most impressive, readable works uh, that I've read for quite some time, and I think that stimulated a lot of people's interest in finding out more about what viruses are, uh, the nature of them, uh, the various uh, complexions of viruses, if you like. And certainly uh, people became more interested in the nature of COVID. And as a result of that, uh, my practice in New Lambton saw many, many people present to get hold of Cabot's book and go on to what I consider to be one of the best little programs in any readable text for encouraging people to see viral infections as things that can be worked against, even with things like diet, uh, supplements and herbs. And I think as a matter of, as a result of mentioning that uh, some time ago, that this has stimulated certainly um, from where I see it and from, from my premises, a great flurry of people wanting to find more about uh, COVID, more about the nature of it, and what they can do, based frequently on what I have said on the program, to enhance their immune system uh, and to complement the valid medical approach that's being used to address this virus. So it's been quite a very interesting time in my professional career to see so many people very, very quickly and very, very suddenly uh, take on board uh, perhaps the need or the requirement uh, to begin to think about lifting their game and complementing uh, the medical and the valid medical approach, complementing it to lift their game, to use the American expression, and to give them uh, a better profile 
and a better possibility of future challenges coming from not only via, uh, from COVID, but perhaps other more vigorous viruses. So I've been very, very impressed, and I encourage listeners, again, even today, um, to get familiar with what viruses are, get familiar with the nature of, of COVID, just don't let it roll off your tongue, get to know something about it, uh, and get to know the medical approach, which the good doctor talks about so confidently, and also look at the way in which uh, the good doctor talks about complementary methods. And we've looked at them before, Jane, the way in which herbs can be used, and I'll talk about some of the main herbs in a moment, the way in which supplements can be used. And uh, when people contact me on the telephone in my rooms and say, look, uh, what sort of supplements uh, should I be taking? Uh, now, this is very, a very important question because one of the things that I would guard or encourage listeners not to do is to race out and buy uh, armfuls of supplements uh, on the belief that that is necessary or, or it's likely to do them good. I have said on this program, and I say it again, I think uh, Australians take too many uh, supplements. Diet and lifestyle are important factors, but... I have recommended confidently to people that contact me the uh, five supplements that are called up in Cabot's book on page 62, and we looked at them uh, some months ago. They're the supplements that I'm encouraging people to, to look at, um, and selenium, uh, zinc, uh, vitamin C, vitamin D, and, and a supplement called NAC. Now, for listeners out there, get hold of Cabot's book, Page 62 uh, in my, uh, conveys, if you like, what I would consider to be a very sensible uh, selection of supplements which are aimed at improving the response of our immune system when it's challenged by multiple pathogens, including various viruses. So that's been a very, very interesting and exciting time for me because it has conveyed to me the interest of the ordinary person in knowing more about what's happening now and setting themselves up for an understanding of what I personally believe will be an ongoing struggle within Western society for more viruses, perhaps of the same nature or perhaps even more serious than what we're presently experiencing. And we have to appreciate, therefore, that modern medicine, good as it is, and there's no doubt about that, uh, needs, in my opinion, to take on board individual responsibility and working with what we've said. I must say, Dennis, since mm, you mm, spoke about mm. the five things recently, yeah. um, I have been into Brazil nuts. Very nice. Oh, have you really? For the well, selenium. Well, I, I can tell the difference, Jay. <laughs> Dennis, generally speaking, we're speaking about COVID, but you're happy sure. to talk about anything. Oh, anything you? at all. Anything, <laughs> anything at all. Anything at all. <laughs> Politics, religion, medicine, <laughs> herbalism, <laughs> sociology. <laughs> I've studied them all. Right. We might stick to the health part. We're happy to do that, Jane. Happy to do that. Yeah, herbalism and stuff. So um, COVID, COVID, COVID. So basic supplements. We talked a little bit just then about the herbal recommendations and the supplement Look, recommendations. I think, it's, I think it's worthwhile mentioning again because people would have been... Uh, probably trying to scribble those down, particularly those that haven't got the book on Corona by Dr. Cabot. Um, 
the supplements that are recommended there, and I, I'll go over them slowly, uh, and listeners um, can pick up these supplements fairly readily uh, from a good health food store, and we have plenty of them in Newcastle. And, of course, our pharmacists, which are some of the best in the world who are very well-versed in complementary medicine. The supplements, I go over it again, that are mentioned by uh, Dr Cabot as being immune-strengthening supplements, and that's what we're really talking about, Jane, the way in which it is possible uh, to enhance, to strengthen, to make our immune systems more capable of fighting against um, challenges such as some of the viruses that are presently active. And those supplements, and I'll say it slowly for those listeners that might be interested in taking on board this five uh, supplements that are called up, and I'll go slowly. The first supplement that uh, is very popularly presented uh, by Dr. Gabo and others that subscribe to the nutritional support of the immune system is the supplement known as selenium, S-E-L-E-N-I-U-M, and uh, a recommended dose in the text, a minimum dose of, say, 100 uh, milligram or micrograms daily for adults, then there's vitamin C. You'd expect me to say vitamin C. I've promoted that on this program for years and years and years. And despite its controversy uh, by those that believe in nutritional support, um, vitamin C always emerges as a, an, an important immune-strengthening supplement. A minimum dose, says the good doctor, of 500 milligrams daily. And then vitamin D3 uh, is, is something that uh, is important, even though we live in a country bathed in, in um, sunshine. Many of us also work indoors and many elderly people uh, live in sheltered environments where the uptake of vitamin D may not be as competent as we would like. And so vitamin D is an important uh, supplement. Uh, a dose of say a thousand international units is recommended uh, by the good doctor and zinc, uh, 10 uh, milligrams daily, and a supplement that's not that well-known but abbreviated as NAC um, is a very, very useful supplement. It is N-acetylcysteine. Just remember it as NAC, which is a powerful aid to those who have persistent respiratory infections. Now, those five supplements are what I am saying should be looked at uh, more than anything else, certainly in my opinion, as necessary for enhancing the immune response to uh, viruses, regardless of their nature. And that should be seen as a, as a complementary way of working with modern medicine's assault. And the modern medicine does it well. But what we are saying is complementary medicine enhances or works with uh, the whole medical approach. But there's also the other side of it. And that is the use of nutritional supplements uh, in, uh, in, in, in herbal medicine, important as it is, doesn't overlook uh, some of the most important uh, immune-enhancing herbs uh, being used in Western and Eastern herbalism today. And I've mentioned frequently on this program, and I think it's very appropriate in this climate to mention it again, that the, the Asian remedy, known as astragalus, emerges in Dr. Cabot's book and in other literature on viruses as being a leading, if not the leading, immune-enhancing herb. And I say that again, the herb astragalus. 
Now, frequently, listeners would have heard me talk about the combination of Astragalus 8. Now, Astragalus 8 is a combination of herbs similar in their action to the lead remedy Astragalus, but uh, come together as a group which found fame in the United States during the uh, terrible assault of the AIDS virus, HIV, years and years ago. That combination, Astragalus 8, was developed in the US by a couple of Chinese uh, Americans who, drawing on Chinese medicine, saw these herbs as being best representative of the Asian selection for enhancing the body's resistance to serious viruses. And as a result, I introduced the combination into Australia many, many years ago, uh, the Astragalus 8 formula. But let me emphasise the lead remedy, Astragalus, even on its own, is a remarkable spearhead in assaulting uh, or helping, if you like, fight viral infections. So the supplements, and this is the, the beautiful thing, the supplements, the supplements that I've mentioned, the handful of supplements that I've just mentioned, in conjunction uh, with herbal supplements used all around the world and increasingly in the West, but spearheaded by Astragalus, these give to the individual, in my opinion, a very, very solid basis to see complementary work, medicine working, lifting their, their body's resistance, if you like, to the various assaults from various viruses. That approach, supplements that I've mentioned and the use of astragalus-led herbal medication, that's the basis of my treatment, if you like, of enhancing the immune response against COVID and other viruses. To NURFM's Health Naturally, and Tracy has rung in. Tracy from Whitebridge, you've got a question about chronic fatigue syndrome. I do, Vernon. I'm pretty sure that I've suffered with it for many years uh -huh. now, and uh -huh. it's actually got to the stage where um, I can rarely move off the lounge during the day. Yes. My diet is absolutely appalling mm. um, because of that fact. Mm. Um, maybe once a week with great effort, I can make myself go out and for a few hours and do a few things that I really have to do. Yes. Um, what's your advice? Okay. For me. I'll ask you a few questions first, Tracy. Uh, have you had a background of, uh, of glandular fever? No, I don't. No other serious viral infections? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. The reason I ask that is that frequently uh, chronic fatigue uh, follows on from a viral assault, particularly from the virus known as Epstein-Barr virus, but not always. Um, but there are various theories about what is behind the assertion of chronic fatigue, I see it uh, being associated with uh, diminishing, if you like, of the immune system's capacity to cope yep. with um, stress, with anxiety, with, with infection, uh, with trauma. And as a result, the lead remedy, interestingly, that I have used for many, many, many years and with uh, very pleasant results in very many cases is the combination that I have just mentioned a moment ago. And so impressed uh, have I been with the uh, argument that Astragalus 8 formula uh, is not only useful for dealing with building up resistance to, to viral infections, but also uh, is seen as what's called a recovery remedy, that I have used it 
as a recovery remedy for addressing uh, chronic fatigue where there is no other uh, approach that seems to be working. And I would suggest that uh, you contact my rooms and ask for the pa paper that I've written and the case, the case histories that I've uh, written about of people um, who have been stricken down with this wretched uh, phenomenon. I know it's a controversial condition. There are still some, uh, even in mainstream medicine, that would question its reality. I don't question its reality. Uh, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about as one of those uh, examples that uh, lingers in my mind and allows me to speak with a little bit of authority on this. I remember seeing a young lady who came into my rooms uh, probably 10, 15 years ago, supported by her mother. She was a university student and this was February and she had been basically immobilised with chronic fatigue. And you uh, can, can say had she been investigated, she, all the right things had been done. And let me just say, uh, wherever there is uh, a condition such as fatigue, just don't write it off. It must always be medically profiled, medically mm. determined and medically uh, looked at. This lass came in and she could hardly walk. Her mother had to support her. It was February and she had curtailed her university studies and she vir virtually was debilitated. The sad thing about it was that she was to be bridesmaid in November at her best friend's wedding. This was to take place in Sacred Heart Church, uh, which we all know very well. And this was a major concern that she might not be able to fulfil what she wanted to do. Well, we started this young lady on the combination known as Astragalus 8. And it's, it was just remarkable to see the beginning of progress start. The starting of it was, was amazing. And by um, November, she was able to do what she was what she wanted to do, and that was to walk, if you like, up the aisle at Sacred Heart Church to be the bridesmaid for a best friend. I think that is one of the classic examples that I know about, uh, that I've helped, uh, and it was all based on this additional understanding of Astragalus 8 as being something that raises the overall vitality. Now, I'll use that term. It is a very controversial term, and mainstream medicine arguably these days has lost the concept of what is known as vital force or vitality. We've never lost it in traditional medicine, and no. to an extent, astragalus 8 can be seen as a remedy that raises the vitality of the organism progressively. If you haven't used it, go on to it, give it a go, give it a go. You've got everything to, 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 to win and nothing to lose. And the use of the formula allows me to say that it has a real potential for you. Contact the rooms, get the paper I've written on it. That'll further enhance what I've said. And all the very best mm. with that, Tracy. And, uh, yeah, uh, just follow Dennis's mm. advice on mm. that. Hello. Is that Deborah? Yes. Deborah's from Caves Hi. Beach. And you're, you're talking about an autoimmune syndrome and supplements that will yes. help with that? Yes. Um, well, because um, Dennis has been talking... Hi, Dennis. Hello. <laughs> ..about, about um, immune system supporting. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, how does that work with people with autoimmune um, diseases, like well, uh, such as psoriasis? Yeah. Autoimmune auto diseases, for the sake of, of listeners, are diseases where, to put it bluntly, the immune system 
begins to go into overactivity and begins to attack various tissues. Now, the approach that we've been talking about using astragalus may not be uh, appropriate in autoimmune conditions. Some would question that, but I would be reluctant to recommend astragalus 8 as a standard treatment for autoimmune conditions because I see astragalus 8, if you like, being more enhancing of the patient's immunology, and that would seem to contradict uh, its role in autoimmune conditions. So what we tend to do here is to fall back on a pragmatic interpretation of the, uh, the, the disease that the person might be experiencing. Now, you've mentioned, say, psoriasis. Uh, yep. In this situation, we become a little bit more specific. Uh, we become a little bit less theoretical and a little bit more pragmatic, looking at those herbs which, in our tradition and in our literature, are called up as having a useful and sometimes very successful role in treating that particular form of autoimmune distress, keeping in mind that uh, autoimmune diseases, uh, there are quite a few of them, ulcerative colitis, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis. Our point here is to, to look at those herbs that have been used to address that particular complexion of autoimmune diseases. So what we would be saying here uh, with a person with, say, a, a psoriasis condition, uh, don't overlook the potential of a quiet perseverance uh, with herbs, and some of them very, very well known. Uh, the herb, for instance, sarsaparilla, uh, is, is not just a, a drink that used to be popular, but sarsaparilla is a, is a very well-known medicinal herb and very well documented, let me emphasise, very well documented in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia as a remedy with specificity for the treating of psoriasis. So what would we do with an autoimmune condition? Our contribution would be um, uh, not necessarily to encourage, if you like, uh, remedies that will um, shut down the immune system, so to speak, but remedies that will quietly address the symptoms of autoimmunity believing as we do that in helping that condition there must also be some impact beneficially on the the whole basis for that autoimmunity so that would be my approach look at what the condition is and then look at those herbs that have a history of benefit particularly in documented uh, particularly documented in modern texts such as the british herbal pharmacopoeia that's, that's the way that I handle it. This is Health Naturally on 2NURFM. Dennis Stewart, we're looking at people's questions. And uh, Margaret has rung in from Rankin Park. Margaret, you're looking at moods and how you can feel better, I suppose. Is that right? <laughs> that's right, yes. Um, just a natural remedy for, yes, um, yes. L- um, lifting I mean, your St. moods. John's St John's Ward, yes. I, I, I is mentioned quite a bit. Um, yes. Yes. Would you agree with that one? Or yeah. in fact, Margaret, I like the term um, mood altering uh, yes. with, re- with, with 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 reference uh, to Hypericum or St John's Waters, as you re- refer to it. A lot mm-hmm. of a lot of people uh, consider St John's Wort to be an antidepressant. I, right. I, I dissent from that a little bit, and my understanding of St John's Ward has been very much based on the understanding of it developed 
by the German medical practitioner and remarkable herbalist, Dr. Rudolf Weiss, uh, in mm-hmm. his book, Herbal Medicine. Now, I'll pause there and say, particularly for those listeners and maybe practitioners that are listening to the program, I frequently mention this text, and I'll mention it again, as one of the most remarkable modern interpretations of medical herbalism. The book simply entitled Herbal Medicine, the English translation of it, by Dr. Rudolf Weiss, W-E-I-S-S. I have no financial interest in the text, but I have used it like very few other texts in my many years of lecturing. Now, the point is that in that book, uh, he talks about St. John's Wort more in the term of being a mood stabiliser and mm-hmm. and having, if you like, the capacity uh, to improve euphoric states. So it, it induces a sense of euphoria. Now, this doesn't mean to say that you walk around laughing and giggling to yourself, but what it does mean is... Nothing to, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it, I guess, at times. That would be an unusual feeling, yeah. <laughs> Right. But you see what I'm trying to say there? It's yes. a, it lifts one's mood. It's yes. a, it must never be seen, uh, in my opinion, as a competitive... Uh, antidepressant with mainstream antidepressants. I have nothing. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against mainstream okay. antidepressants, but St John's Wort can frequently do a job of work, uh, yes. which lifts the mood and makes it easier, if you like, to cope with some of the challenges of the day. So I'm a great believer in that. But one that has become uh, very popular over the last ten or twenty years is a herb that's not well known, but by medical herbalists. It's frequently prescribed with St. John's wort, and that is a herb called rhodiola, R-H-O-D-I-L-A-I-L-I-A, rhodiola. I've spelled right. it probably poor there. Get but, the first part, it should, <laughs> yeah, it should follow. I, I haven't got my, my pharmacopoeia in front of me, but rhodiola, in conjunction right. with St. John's wort, is frequently prescribed by consulting medical herbalists such as myself in a liquid combination, particularly for the point of view of just improving, if you like, one's mood uh, mm-hmm. and, and it makes, how can I call it, one's approach to the day a little yeah. bit more optimistic, a little bit more outgoing <laughs> and not overshadowed by some of the problems that we all go through. Don't overlook, though, the potential of St. John's Wort, a low dose, mm-hmm. let me emphasise, a low dose, not necessarily a high dose, a low right. dose persevered with over an extensive period of time, usually reinforced by other similar herbs such as rhodiola, can be a very successful approach. Okay, so a low dose, how many milligrams would that oh, be? Oh, I thought you were going to ask that again. <laughs> uh, if, I had, if I had my British Herbal Pharmacopoeia in front of me, which I sometimes do... Uh, <laughs> I would think that its lowest dose is around about 500 milligrams. Uh, okay. I frequently prescribe it in, in half a mil, uh, which is round about 500 milligrams, but frequently I will move up the ladder. Uh, again, mm-hmm. if you want to contact my rooms, they can kill you with the dosage by going into my consulting room, pulling out the pharmacopoeia and saying, yes, there it is. But 500, okay. 500 milligrams, in my opinion, would be a good starting base. And taking it initially a couple of times a day um, Mm -hmm. on its own or in conjunction with the herb rhodiola, yeah, I think you might get a benefit from that. 
Okay, and the rhodiola that's available at the yeah. um, it's 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 a liquid herb pharmacies and so on. Yeah. Yes, it's a liquid herb. If you mm-hmm. have a compounding pharmacist or a medical herbalist where you are, um, they should have it. Uh, if they haven't, it's always available from my rooms. <clears throat> Wonderful. Okay, and I'll just um, you're talking about the. Astragalus aid. Yes, yes. <clears throat> I saw you many, many years ago. I had yes. um, polymyalgia. Myalgia, yes, yes. And I had an overseas trip booked, and I how on earth am I going to manage? Yes. And, uh, yes, that, on, it was like a miracle. Yeah. Well, there you <laughs> a go. A miracle cure. Yeah, yeah, one of these days I'll write a book on the on the discovery, <laughs> how I discovered the formula, where where I first lectured on it, how we first developed the product in a liquid form, and uh, how it's taken off all, all over the world, but particularly in Australia. And very mm. well, very yep, yep. well spread around the it place, is indeed, isn't it? It yeah. is indeed. A it's great, great to have great that formula. comment, Margaret. Mm. Thank um, you, Margaret. All the best. Uh, Diane has rung in from Mirabuka. Diane, now shingles, that is not a pleasant mm. thing to have had more than once. No, so I've had three bouts in the last 12 oh, months. dear, dear soul. Mm. Uh, the first two um, were misdiagnosed by the doctor. He said it was an infection. But I went to another doctor on the third one and he said, oh, gosh, you've got shingles. Um, and it would be right because when I found that out and, the, you know, Dr. Google type, <laughs> Googling yes. it, it was definitely that. And yes. it's on always comes on the side of my face yes. and right very close to my oh, eye and dear, right into dear. my ear. Yes. So How you, do I stop it? You, you, you're obviously in the, in the hands of a good GP and also perhaps a dermatologist or ophthalmologist. No, I haven't been okay. well, you're, you're, given any follow-up. Okay. Your GP's probably got it uh, well under control. He's obviously uh, well and truly diagnosed it but um, and therefore he'd be monitoring any transit of the uh, of the lesions to areas that might compromise your eye, etc. But the thing here is, um, you can do a lot, and let me emphasise, you can do a lot here to lessen the reassertion of this condition. And please do not think I'm boasting here. I have seen uh, the Astragalus 8 formula break through both forms of herpes, herpes simplex and herpes zoster, I've seen that astragalusate compound change people's lives and it works because of what I have said. It enhances in a remarkable way the body's ability to cope with viral challenges and uh, the herpes zoster is, is a virus or shingles is a virus. The way a natural medicine or a herbal medicine practitioner would address it would be to prescribe herbs that are not necessarily antiviral by definition, but have the profound effect to lessen the activity of viruses over time. If you haven't used, if you haven't used the Astragalus 8, uh, in my opinion, preferably in a liquid form, that's just my opinion, then you may be missing out on what I would consider to be a real possibility. Having said that, also consider the nutritional supplements that I spoke about on page 62 of Dr. Cabot's book, Corona and Other Dangerous Viruses. Tell your your doctor uh, what I've said and let him monitor the condition, which is the right way of doing it. 
Um, oh dear, I could talk about this all day. And there would be listeners out there, by the way, who would say, yes, Dennis is right, because I can think of one chap uh, from the from the coal fields whose life was a misery with the herpes virus that um, gave me one of the best bottles of red wine that I've ever experienced <laughs> in my life as giving him for the first time in a decade a year without the assertion of the virus. Oh. I'm not after, by the way, I'm not after <laughs> bottles of wine, but you try it. Excellent. Look, all the very best mm. with that, Diane. And in our last minute, Dennis, yeah. can you address the question of vertigo yeah, look, that Patricia brought up? I'll do it very quickly, and I can speak with a little bit of recent encouragement uh, for this. Uh, there's a herb called wood betony, bot- botanically known as betonica. It is called up in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia of 1983, which is the Bible of modern Western herbalism, in my opinion, certainly, the herb wood betony, taken in one to two mils in a liquid form three times daily, in recent times gave a fairly sceptical gentleman a remarkable uh, reversal in the symptoms of vertigo. Now, this doesn't happen in all cases. It would be foolish for me to say that. But if you've tried everything and and haven't had a win... Think of the herb wood betony, but also discuss with your GP or your specialist the possibility also of using the herb ginkgo biloba. Now I say talk to your doctor or specialist because there are some conditions for which the ginkgo is contraindicated. Excellent. So, Patricia, I hope you are hanging on to listen to that. And that is Health Naturally for today. Thank you, Dennis Stewart. Mm. We had a good time. Too. We had, had a good time. Always have a good mm. time too when you are FM.